Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and I have our assistant pastor, Lee Didimore, joining me today. How are you, Lee? Doing great. Doing great, David. How you doing? Doing so well. You've been talked about behind the scenes. We've mentioned your name a few times here in the podcast, Julie and I, lately. And it's been so great having you. It's been like two months now, right? Is it already been close? Been about a month and a half. Yeah. She's like part of the family already, man. It's been so good to get to know you and your family and working with you already. You want to just tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah. I've been born and raised here in uh, Spartanburg and just been in the ministry for about 15 years now and just excited about being at Doxa. Yeah. It's so good to have you. It's really a God thing. You were pastoring in another church, yep. and we were in a pastor's huddle together, just a group that meets a couple times a month, different pastors in the Spartanburg area. So we already had a friendship, and then one thing led to the next. Lord just, boom, yeah, there it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the need that we had arose, aligned with where you were at, and next phase for you and your family, and it has been good. It's been awesome. No doubt. So today, we wanted to advance this conversation that Julie and I started last week. We talked about spirit and truth. And I just felt led to flesh that out a little deeper. And you're going to go at this in a few other very practical ways. And I just wanted to talk about worship today. I told you to start thinking about this. I've been thinking about it a lot. We've got a lot of ideas. And this podcast will be a little different. Julie's not here today. She'll be back next week. But we're going to just go from here and, and discuss the aspects of spirit and truth when it pertains to worshiping. I guess to me, the first question was, what is worship? And I define worship as an attitude or an act of showing reverence to something. In this case, in in a church setting, it's to God. It's Mm -hmm. an an adoration of God and uh, the Father and who He is. And then when you break that down into praise and worship, is that using music, song, our voices to show reverence to God. But the thing that I think it means the most to, to a church is when we worship, when we praise and worship, is that we meet with Him and He meets with us. And mm-hmm. it's very important when we really talk about what worship really is in the context of a church and that time when we sing as a corporate body. Yeah. And I should have said, too, at the outset, this is one of those areas that has a lot of confusion We've heard the classic, oh, the worship wars, where a church wants to do a certain style of music, and maybe somebody's not comfortable with that change. So this is a familiar concept for people. I think a lot of that conversation has evolved over the years. There was a period of time when, you know, it was it was pretty black and white. You had songs that were either super shallow and theologically weren't there. It was just juvenile kind of stuff. It sounded kind of fun compared to like the rich hymns of the faith. And that was basically a whole nother conversation. Now, fast forward a few decades, this has changed a few times. There's a lot of layers to this now. And the reason we thought like spending the time on this is just because there's still, even now, like a lot of people that don't really have a firm grasp on what kind of worship music should I be listening to? 
Why is worshiping with music a great idea? What are some of the pitfalls? Because now you have the reaction of the reaction. Yeah. And you have other Christians who are just duking it out with other Christians because that's not my, it's not even about my preference anymore. We've all kind of agreed. Most of those arguments about like the style and the and the form of the musical notes itself, yeah. that's laid to rest. And now we're in more of a deeper realm of hey what kind of music are we listening to what is it saying maybe even who's writing this music that's a piece of this so yeah with all that said what you're saying here just laying the foundation of for worship is is huge yeah and that's why i think when we come at this with a balance of spirit and truth or love and truth we have to understand you know it's in every aspect of our christian life but in worship we look at that balance as if it's like you and julie were talking last week if it's all love it's one thing if it's all truth it's another and in Mm -hmm. in worship if it's all love we hit this dangerous spot where it can become all about our feelings it's all about emotions it's all about what makes me feel good you get the old jesus is my boyfriend song yes yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly when you're a believer you know what that is oh yeah it's a song about my love for christ but could also be an unbeliever and and just think nothing of it like oh it's just another love song it's just another love song exactly yeah right so we we run that risk of trying to find a song that gives us an emotional response and, mm-hmm. and that's just emotional responses doesn't necessarily mean we've had an encounter with the father. And I right. told you before, I, I get emotional at Star Wars movies. <laughs> yes, okay? yes. Uh, but that doesn't mean I've had an encounter with the father. Maybe sure. you know, maybe Darth Vader, the father, but not, not <laughs> the father. So we have to be careful with that. But on the other side, if we steer to all truth and get caught up in, in examining the lyrics to the point of we got to know who wrote it, why they wrote it, what church mm-hmm. wrote it then we're going to be chasing rabbits. And don't get me wrong, that's a good thing because we need to examine everything. First Thessalonians 5.21 tells us to test everything, yeah. hold fast what is good. First John 4, he talks about don't believe every spirit, test the spirit. So it's, it's good for us to test things, but if we're not careful, we run into a rabbit hole of mm-hmm. one YouTube video after another YouTube video, or mm-hmm. one person says this, or one pastor said this, and we're not really examining worship for what it is and and looking at it in light of scripture using that as our filter yeah that's where that can become dangerous when we head too far down that road yeah and we've done a couple podcasts this is before you came in it's been a couple seasons ago now about we did one on anger like Mm -hmm. you you, anger gets a bad rap like usually we think of the abusive anger we think of ugly anger and it's hurting people and yeah no one likes that but anger is an emotion that is god-given the Bible says, be angry and sin not, right? So there's a way to control anger in the right way. Um, emotional responses in songs, you, you just mentioned, just because it makes you feel, just because you have maybe goosebumps or this emotional wave just come over you, doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Yeah, And it's yeah. the spirit. You're supposed to test those spirits. But at the same time, it doesn't also mean it's necessarily bad because exactly. you, you can go the other extreme there. And oh, it's this listening emotional response. We've had people come to our church. We're, we're a spirit filled church. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We don't just follow a rote schedule where you have to do this and this at this time. But we've had times we quite often where it's like, Hey, I feel, I felt led even last Sunday. 
to to have an altar call. If you'd like to come up and oh, pray yeah. and talk to the Lord about what we just went over in this passage of scripture about abiding in the vine, like what's in the way of that? Come up and there's emotions there. We have people who are praying and kneeling down. Yeah. Tears are being shed. That doesn't mean we're manipulating people into it. You're just inviting yeah. the spirit to work. The same thing should be going on with worship. So we have to strive for that balance is what I hear you saying. Oh, yeah. Like. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, there's times where I've gotten emotional in, in worship. I've shed tear, and I know that it's the spirit. It's not just mm-hmm. an emotional response because I like that song. I know I've, mm-hmm. I've had that. So, yeah, that, when we look at worship with this balance of spirit and truth, we as a church, as I would hope every church does, we take time to evaluate songs, but understanding we evaluate songs and look at lyrics, mm-hmm. and it helps us to test these songs to see if we're really showing adoration to the Father or if we're trying to elicit an emotional response. And so there's there's two things that I think that we can really look at to help us to understand those things. And the one is to understand that songs sung in worship are creative. It's a creative mm-hmm. medium. Songs are a form of poetry. Uh, it's an expression Absolutely. of the writer's heart. We look at Psalms. You look at at, at, at David when he wrote uh, the Psalms. I, I think about Psalms 8, and it says, O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes. It says in verse 3, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. That's David seeing that Mm -hmm. and putting that on paper. He's being creative with it. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about worship lyrics, you've got to think about somebody had a response to the Spirit and wrote lyrics to that on paper. Yeah. Uh, one of the songs that we've talked about, one of the songs I know a lot of churches have wrestled with, is What a Beautiful Name. And there's mm-hmm. a line in that song that mm-hmm. says, you didn't want heaven without us, so you brought heaven down. And so going and looking at the intent of the lyrics, of the creative process and why they wrote it, you can see that it's it's John 17, 24. Mm-hmm. You know, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and mm-hmm. to see my glory and the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. When you look at it in light of that, you can see the creative process yeah. working itself out. So yeah, worship music is creative. Humans are having a chance to experience the spirit and are writing songs that are creative. So This is such a misunderstood, important piece that, okay, every song is written by a human. And it's something spiritual is going on there, right? And we've talked about this before, too. You can have songs that have great truth. We've been blessed by them. And then 10 years later down the road, person apostatizes. And they don't even claim to be a Christian anymore. Oh, no. Like, that's sad. But it doesn't take away from that piece of art that portrayed truth, that God's truth, that God used. You know what I mean? So we have to be really careful when we start overly analyzing things in making it say something that the original author didn't even intend for it to say. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And the second thing about that, we got to remember that worship songs aren't the gospel, but they're an expression of the gospel, and that we have to allow spirit and truth to change us just like the gospel has changed us as we worship. Yeah, so I, I love this. I, we sort of polled our worship staff yeah. and our team. I asked them some questions, and 
uh, our worship leader, Nicole, brought this up, and, and I'm just going to quote what she said because it, I couldn't say it any better. Yeah. This is our evaluation of worship should happen off the stage in a place of devotion with Christ so that we are able to approach situations of disagreement in confidence and love. The best way I know to do this is by praying these songs back to God as we worship in our own time. Mm-hmm. And I had never really even thought of that. Mm-hmm. As somebody who's done worship before and, and sang before, yeah, it's I've got to take time. I love the fact that we as a church, we put our set list out on Thursday mm-hmm. so that our, our congregation can listen to these songs and do this, pray them back to God and listen to them and yeah. have their own experience before we get into a corporate setting. That's allowing spirit and truth to just take over. When we're able to pray this stuff back to God and have a place of devotion outside of Sunday morning, like it, it makes worship so much sweeter yeah, uh, for everybody. Yeah. And, and, and it takes away some of those, okay, should we be singing this? Should we not be singing this? And, and Because when we, you're exactly right, because when we're all on this, oh, should we do this or that? And who said this? And when it, that's all like horizontal man stuff that's where we get our own hands dirty and what you're missing in that is just simply who am i singing this to yep what is the whole point of this i am worshiping jesus christ i am bringing honor and praise to god my father my sustainer my creator and you can sing whatever specific aspect of his person that you're singing about and how that applies to you you have testimonial songs we do this too you've 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 been you've been here on the tuesdays when we actually start working through in a couple weeks in advance we think hey here's the passage this is what we're going to be preaching from let's create a playlist uh, a set list of songs that actually match the theme of where the direction of this service is going in. And we're picking these songs because we want to bring the person who gathers to worship, we want to bring them on on this journey where it's every single song is intentional and it points to Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's about Him, not about just what we want to sing. We don't pick songs because... They're fun to jam out on. If that happens, that's a bonus. That's great. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But it has to match all those things. And it's so good to have the philosophy down where we're singing to Christ. This isn't a concert for us to enjoy. This is about us calling out to God and and just giving him all the praise and the honor. And then, you know what? In the process, we're going to enjoy ourselves at the same time. Oh, yeah. But that's not the main goal. That's just like a byproduct of the main goal. Yes. And then you get both. Yes. If you start with, hey, what sounds good? What am I good at? What do the people want to hear? You know what? It's not, and the spirit's not behind that. Mm -hmm. The, the, The power that comes from a group of people crying out to God and calling out to Him and praising Him and the joy. You can't get that. You can't, it's irreplaceable. But you can't get that anywhere else. You can't get that in your living room. No. When you're, live streaming the service you just don't it's not there because the spirit isn't in the room and there's something different about it's amazing just the last few weeks here at doxa yeah i mean it's just been you can feel the spirit in the room it's been an amazing uh, last few sundays where it's just been like we it's you could almost soak up worship yeah uh it's just been so good and i should say i mean you can have a spirit in the room where two more are gathered he's there with us so i don't mean to demean that in any sense I just know practically, I remember when we had COVID going on and we had kids running around and you're distracted. It's just not the same as like hearing a room full of voices and having his manifest presence rain down in a place is, 
it's unbeatable. It's well, one of the things I love about Sunday. I've worshipped in the car before. I do it a right. lot for my job. I have to. I, I drive a lot, so I, I worship. And yeah. worshiping by myself, it's it's great. Yep. But worshiping corporately with the body of Christ, oh, it's so much better. Yeah. There's there's a place a for both of it. There's a time and a place for both those things. Because if it's all just about, oh, I didn't go Sunday, so I can't worship. Like, oh, wait a minute. Let's back up. Let's back (laughs) up. There's times when you need to just get on your knees and get out in nature. And just no one else distracting you but you and God. And then there's a place to actually corporately gather. Yeah. For sure. So it's like Jesus said this in John 4. And you guys talked about it a little bit last week. Mm -hmm. uh, That the true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. And if that's our attitude towards singing worship to God, then the Spirit will use the creativity of these songs and the truth of Scripture to bring us closer to Him as we worship Him. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up again because last week we didn't really go into defining spirit and truth. This is this is a podcast about living your life on mission for the glory of God. So the audience, most of the audience here are our church members or mm-hmm. people at Doxa. I know we have people who go to other churches from around the country that listen to this podcast too. And we love you guys, but, and this podcast is totally for people who don't know Christ as well. We're glad that you're listening. If you're exploring, great. One would love to talk even more with you. When we say spirit and truth, Jesus is coming at your heart. Like, where is your heart in this? This is in John 4. So he hasn't really talked a whole lot yet about the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. He's going to start talking a whole bunch about that. John 10 all the way down through John 15, John 16, John 17. Like, that's all coming. Mm -hmm. So when he says spirit and truth, he's really making the point, because he's talking to the woman at the well at this time, he's making the point it's not just this religious system that you're used to. And and she was debating Jesus. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. she's she's ready to argue her part. Well, we do this well and like how you're are you better than our fathers who dug this well? And so Jesus is he's really pointing out here there's a danger in just solely focusing on the truth mm-hmm. without having love. Yes. Because the spirit isn't there. The Holy Spirit isn't there. So even in our music, yes, they need to be truthful songs. At the same time, if you just sing a song that's just straight facts about God. There's no emotion. There's no heart. You're missing something. Like it's, it doesn't even have to be the style of music. Like you can have a very simple, slow, meditative song. It doesn't have to be peppy in any way. And the spirit can still be there, but where's the heart behind it? What, What are we singing this for? Who are we singing this? And that is so crucial when we're talking about our worship of God. I you think know. that's the bottom line. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it all goes back to our heart. It's, so this is true in the songs you sing. This is true in the decisions you make. You know what I mean? Like in, in how you parent, what kind of entertainment you're going to choose mm-hmm. to consume. Okay, there can be something that you as a Christian, you digest, and it's not just happy smiles and rainbows. There's some really rough stuff in there. Yeah. In, from the fallen world. The question is, is this, whatever this is, I'm just talking about a show at this point, like some hypothetical show, but is this glorifying the carnage? This is, what is the main purpose? Because you can have something that, just like the Bible, right? Like the Bible will reveal mm-hmm. terrible things 
it never paints it in a positive light. It never does that just to ah, for the show of making inter- that that and making that the entertainment value. That's not the purpose. It's being realistic with real life to show a truth about God, to show you, to reveal something about mankind and yeah. how we fall short. There's always something there. And this is another one, you know, people even think, hey, the Bible never uses it violence or anything like that to shock people. And I actually beg to differ on that. There are imprecatory Psalms. There are portions of the Old Testament in particular, even in the New Testament, you, you get some, whoa, like what happened to Herod again? That's pretty disgusting. Yeah. It's artistic language. It's a piece of literature that is written in a way at times because there's all kinds of different genres of scripture. Yep. But there are places in the Bible where it's literally like the point is to boom, make an emphasis, put a little exclamation point there because it's trying to wake you up and oh, your yeah. eyes can get big because it's bringing a shock value. Like, again, that's you see that in the poetry sections of scripture, like oh, you've yeah. already alluded to. We have to be really careful about getting into this place where we're literally nitpicking every single thing. Because once you do that, you've literally quelched room for the Holy Spirit to work. And you've put yourself in this weird position because it's you're somehow this all-knowing person who's the vanguard and the safeguard of truth. And you're pointing out how everyone else is wrong when it's like, wait a minute, have you heard what this person experience like where this is coming from in their relationship with god Mm -hmm. because these are songs written by humans and these humans all have different emotional responses all have different interactions with god and another song since we're on the topic is a reckless love yeah and there's definitely a point where you want to sing the best songs if it's going to be super questionable and just like really cause confusion you can probably in in a sense of expediency you could probably pick a song that isn't going to cause everybody to scratch their head and to wonder. If it's so artistically out there, yeah, there's probably a place for that, like maybe in your own worship time with God, maybe it's not the best for corporate worship. But the reckless love of God, there's a website you've actually told me about this one. What's it called, the one you were going to? The Brian Test. Yeah, the Brian Test. Yeah. yeah. So this guy, it's like his hobby. It's like his specialty. Like he goes in, he listens to what other people say about these songs. He's in the middle of that world. And he just goes to the Bible and says, well, hey, let's really give it a score. Like he's matching up everything. And yes. it, that's a cool resource. But a song like Reckless Love, right? It is definitely an artistic line. Yes. Artistic theme that actually is pointing to a to a truth about God. If we were to look at God's love from our point of view, it would almost seem reckless. Yes. Now, again, we're not God. We don't see things the way God sees things. We we don't understand things the way he understands things. So is his love reckless in our sense of the word? No, but that's not the point of that song. The point of that song is actually really trying to make a point. He has that theme in there because it's memorable. It's an artistic, like a shock thing to prove a point. Yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with doing something like that. No, so, and we don't know either. Again, you go back to the intent of the artist. Right. I mean, that he may have had something going on in his life, and he appreciates the reckless love of God that came after him. And again, yeah. like you alluded to, it's, that word may mean something completely different in our vocabulary as, as we live, mm-hmm. as you and I maybe as mm-hmm. live. But for him, in that moment when God came after him, what he's doing is he's just pushing the boundaries of language, which is what artists do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's often the way it's one of the key ways you make good literature is you push the bounds of these words. That's why language changes over time. So what we have here 
in a lot of worship music is exactly what we see in scripture. You see this a lot of times in the way people are creative with songs. And we have to always remember, I think it's super important. I personally don't listen to a lot of Christian radio myself. I don't know about you. Do you listen to a lot of Christian radio? I listen to some. And it's easier now with Apple Music and Spotify. Sure. Where, you know, yeah. you, you can get good music that's not overplayed on the radio. Uh, yeah. For lack of a better term, you can get into some stuff like that. And for a long time, I remember it was like everybody always just ragged on Christian music. It's like, oh, it's like the same three, four chords. And, oh, it all sounds the same. And it gets really rote and repetitive. And there's so many jokes about this. I mean, we could go on all day. But it's true. You got your capo. You got your three verses, your chorus, your bridge. You call it a day. It's package deal. It works every time. Yeah, just... and if the spirit hits you, you just sing the bridge like 1,500 <laughs> times. You, know, yeah. you just keep going until the spirit's out of there. Yeah, yeah. But I think people who still criticize Christian music like that, they haven't really opened their eyes to the wealth of stuff that's out there now. Because there's all kinds of creative stuff. And some of that, I love listening to it on my own. But it's not super singable for the church. When when you have a church gathering, it's not just an easy song that everybody can corporately sing together. So that's one of the things we always look at. There's a lot of songs like D.W. Michael, maybe will be like, hey, what about this song? It's like, hey, I'm glad you love that song. That's a fun song. I don't think it's going to be super singable for everyone. So there is definitely a difference between the style of music that I listen to Monday through Friday and a lot of times the stuff that we sing together. But here's the thing. We brought this up because it's a really classic example of practically fleshing out the whole idea of spirit and truth and if we mention something that you don't understand that you'd like to talk a little bit more about shoot us a direct message the dms are always open oh yeah and we would love to hear from you hear your perspective maybe answer a question maybe you could shine some light on something that we haven't thought of that'd be awesome and we're gonna just keep rolling with this season julia will be back next week but Lee, thank you for coming in. It was fun. Stepping in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Talk to you again soon. You were loved. Mm-hmm.